Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. When you're in the middle of a trial or storm, what is your first response? Is it to try to work everything out on your own and see what you can do to fix it? Or is it a biblical response? The Bible tells us, first of all, in all of our ways, acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our path. Secondly, we're told to have faith in God. Many of you are going through some tremendous challenges right now. It could be in your health. It could be in your family. It could be in your finances. Join us as we continue this series on faith. We are the people of God, and the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. When Jesus went into the temple in Mark chapter 11, he saw how the merchants and money changers were operating in the temple and he became outraged. We talked about that a few weeks ago when he said that his house shall be a house of prayer. You know, he overturned the tables of those who were buying and selling and didn't allow anyone to come through the temple courts with any merchandise. And then he made that statement and summarized one of the primary purposes of the church. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. It would be called a house of prayer Because that will be the activity for which it is known for. Why are you going to call it the house of prayer? Because that's what goes on there. It will be called a house of prayer because when you go there, that's what you will experience. But Jesus took advantage of this same occasion to teach some principles of prayer that would help his disciples And it's going to help us today to have an effective prayer life. You don't have to tell me, but I know that you are going through something. And almost everyone is going through something that they don't know how to get it done. And they don't know what God's doing. They don't know how it's going to work out. And they're still trying to figure out why God hadn't done what you thought he should have done. Why that child of mine ain't acting right? Why is my health not right? Why is my family not right? Why my marriage is suffering? Why all these kind of things? Why I don't have the kind of job I want to have? How come I ain't got no husband? And Lord, you know what I want. All of that. Everybody got something. If you don't have it now, you're going to need it tomorrow. But I want to look at this passage. I think whenever we read it, we just kind of go through it a little bit because we want to get to one part that sounds really good. But before I can get there, and I'll get there eventually, uh, there are some other things that I want to share. In Mark chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. We talked about that last time. He came and looked, and he left. What we didn't talk about was verse 12, because I didn't want to focus on this, but I'll share today. The next day, when they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. 
seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went out to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say that. Now, in the middle here is where between verse 14 and verse 20 is when Jesus went in the temple and overthrew the money changers and had that statement about this house should be the house of prayer. But then in verse 20, in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And if you go to the next verse, the next thing Jesus says is, have faith in God. And then I wonder, how did he get from talking about this fig tree to just going to have faith in God? Jesus made no further comment about the fig tree, but I want to point out what he did and what happened when he began to speak. We were told in verse 12, they that he went out and he was hungry. And he passed by the fig tree and saw that it was full of leaves and he thought he could get some figs. But as he looked at it, there were no figs on the tree, so the tree was perpetrating. But the scripture tells us it was not time or the season for figs. So in Jesus' mind, I believe he's saying, since it's not time or season for figs, it ought not be time and season for leaves. Now that's a whole nother sermon about some of you who got leaves but no figs. I'm not going to stop there today. But Jesus looked at it and Jesus said, okay, no, since you're perpetrating, nobody's ever going to eat figs off of you. I curse you. And that's it for you. And he went on about his way and the disciples went on about their way. The next day, they came back and Peter said, hey, look at that tree. It's dead. Jesus is kind of like, so what did you expect? Now, not only was the tree dead, so to be sure that you understood that it's not just overheated and the leaves are withered, it said it was dead from the root. One day it's full of leaves, the next day it's dead from the root. So I want to point out what Jesus did and what happened when he spoke. Verse 14, we read that he said to the tree. And then it said his disciples heard him speak. Peter said in verse 21, Rabbi, look, the tree you cursed has withered. There seemed to be an amazement that what Jesus said came to pass. Jesus made no further comments about the tree, but he used a tree to teach a lesson. Our Lord's answer to Peter on the surface was, Seemingly unrelated to Peter's words. But Jesus is going to say to them, because when he gets in verse 22, have faith in God, and he says, whatever you say to this mountain, 
just like I said to this tree, it will be done unto you. Jesus wanted them to know that he did not say, he did not curse the tree just because he had a good idea. It is by the leading of God the Father and the Holy Spirit that he spoke. That's what he's saying. I spoke it because I have faith in God. I have faith in God because I heard what God said about this tree. Jesus exercised faith in cursing the fig tree and he wanted to press this lesson home to his disciples. Look at how Jesus responded to Peter's comment. He said, verse 22, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, if anyone say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, you've heard that over and over. But you ask yourself the question, how come I'm not getting what I say? You don't have to say that. I know you've been praying. You were asking God. That's why you're mad at God. I've been declaring, I've been demanding, I've been speaking, I've been positive confessing, but it has not happened. Why hasn't it happened? Jesus said it was going to happen, didn't he? Jesus said, you can speak to this mountain. Well, I've been speaking, I've been hollering at the mountain, I've been shouting at the mountain, and the mountain has not moved. There's a reason for that. Either Jesus did not know what he was talking about or we don't have a good understanding of what it requires for us to speak and have things happen. And I'm going to share with you today how you can speak and have things happen. Before we look at this entire passage, I, I want us to spend some time on what I believe is the most important verse in this passage. And that's verse 22. It is very short. Jesus began it by saying, have faith in God. Now we pass over that to get to the good part. I can speak to my mountain. I'm speaking to my mountain. Now listen, I've been in church for a long time. I've been around church. I've been in church. I've been at church. I've heard every kind of preaching. I've every, every kind of prophesying. Every kind of prophet lying. I've heard it all. But God did not intend for us to play church and just try to see if we can get some of these things that he has provided. He intended for them to function in our lives. He didn't intend for us just to go through the motion and just act like it's happening. I used to sit up in church and see things happening and people say God's going to do this and God never did it. And I'm thinking, did anybody see that except me? Why they didn't come back and say, okay, well, I messed up. You can't just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and just because you showed up at church. But while the people of God is frustrated and oppressed 
and depressed and beat down like people who don't know God, it is because we don't know how to function in the things that God has given us for his principles. And Jesus said, let me show you something that I did to this tree that you can do to whatever's going on in your life. But you need a good understanding of how to make this work for you. Number one. Before you start naming, before you start claiming, before you start declaring, before you start speaking, appointing, and doing whatever you can do, you can walk all night long and just holler loud, but you need to do this first. Have faith in God. If that verse is not followed and implemented, the promises in verse 23 and 24 should not be expected. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say, we live by faith, we walk by faith. Faith, not by sight. Who's the we? The people of God. Come on, say it. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. We live. We live. We function by faith. You know, I could ask you before this sermon, how do, what do you live by? You're going to say, well, I live by my, by my job, my money, my, my good sense. No, we walk by faith. Four times in the Bible, once in the Old Testament and three times in the New Testament, you will see this. The just shall live by faith. faith. The just shall live by faith. The word faith is used more than 260 times in the scriptures. It must be an important concept. So we are told first to have faith. And if we are to have faith... What is it we should have and how do we know when we have it? Faith is not mystical. Faith is simply believing that what God said he will do, that he will do. Faith is believing it to the point that I will take an action on it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain of what we do not see. The King James said it is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that we cannot see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. Even though we don't see it, we don't taste it, our five senses can't recognize it. Faith is being sure. Now you're going to have to have something to get you to that point of surety. So that you can be sure. We know how faith works. When you really look at that scripture in the original, it means that faith is the title deed of things hoped for. I got the deed on what I'm hoping for, even though I do not have it in my possession. If you come to church with your deed for your house, you don't have the house at the church. You've got your deed to say, this is mine. You don't have it in your possession, but you have the deed to it. And you say, this is my house. In fact, uh, as soon as we uh, sign up for the mortgage and we get the key, even though we still owe on it, we tell folks, this is my house. It's not your house, but you tell folks that in faith. You act like it's your house. You decorate it like it's your house. You do whatever you want to in that. This is my house. And because you're operating in faith, the mortgage company owns it. 
You know how to operate in faith and you don't let anybody else come in there and tell you it's not your house. This is my house. That's what faith is. It's functioning and operating in it even though you don't have the actual possession. If you buy an airplane ticket to Los Angeles, you come and say, I'm going to Los Angeles. How do you know you're going? You haven't been on the plane? The plane hasn't safely made it there, but in faith you say, I'm going because I purchased a ticket. So faith is the ownership of that and the possession of that in your mind and heart and soul, even though it may not physically be there. I like this illustration, and you see it all the time, especially in the area where there's a lot of construction going on. You'll see a vacant lot, and all of a sudden you'll see a big sign in there that says, a 10-story office building coming soon, now leasing. There's no office building there. There's only a sign, and people will come and lease that before it's even built. They have faith. They got faith. Now leasing. Leasing what? There ain't nothing here. It's going to be here. Amen. So people are putting money down in faith. See, when we, we get to the place, Lord, if I could see it, I believe it. And God said, if you believe it, you can see it. Amen. That's the way faith works. If you believe it, you can see it. Amen. But no, no, Lord, I need to see it before I can believe it. That's why Jesus said you need to have faith. So the first thing I want you to understand is you need to have faith. You need to have faith. Hebrews 11.5 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without it, it's impossible. He didn't say without faith, God may not be pleased. He says it's impossible to please him without faith because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Now, have you come to him? Uh, let me ask this side over here. Have you come to him? Did you see him when you came? You had to believe that he existed. So you had, it takes faith to be saved. Right. We're saved by grace through faith. You got enough faith to come to the Lord. So you need to exercise faith to receive all the things that God has in store for us. That's the basis of your faith. You, you must believe in God because you must first believe that he exists. And then he says, and then you must believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know that you exist, but some people don't believe that he re rewards us who earnestly, diligently seek him. They just want to say, I believe that he exists and he rewards me. He doesn't just reward you if you ain't seeking him. See, God is not into this drive-through microwave situation that we like. We want to drive through and just get the blessings of God. God wants to visit. He wants you to come inside. Lord, I got a need. Drive through, hurry up and meet my needs so I can go somewhere else. 
How many of you ever been to the drive-thru and you grabbed your stuff, you got down the road, looked in your bag, and it wasn't what you wanted? <laughs> but you're too far gone to go back? <laughs> well, that's the way it is when you try to drive through with the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I asked you for one thing. I got something else. Well, yeah, you, ain't you didn't take time to look at it. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the criterion of success in spiritual matters. You may be very, very good in your secular matters. You may have a good understanding. You may be very smart. You may be strategic and all of that. That does not work in spiritual matters. It can help, but you need faith. Therefore, faith should be the constant attitude of the mind when we pray. I come to God in faith. That is the faith that sees the fulfillment before it happens. So I, I'm, a, I'm a person who lives by faith and I come to God in faith when I pray. And Jesus tells us to have faith then. He tells us where, not only to have faith, he tells us where that faith needs to be directed. There's a difference in just having faith. He says, this is where that faith should be directed. Have faith in God. He did not tell us to have faith in ourselves. Oh, I'm a powerful prayer warrior. Hallelujah. You know, when they get powerful, they start quivering in their voice. Oh, yes, I am. No, now you just think you just all of that. He did not tell us to have faith in other people or governments, or institutions. He did not tell us to have faith in our faith. That's where I see a lot of people get off. They'll have faith in our, I know I got the faith to get whatever I want. You know you got the faith to get whatever you want, so you got faith in your faith. Jesus said have faith in God. That's going to be critical when you start speaking. There are some people that argue with me. The Bible says I can have whatever, whatsoever I saith. I say, no, you can't have whatsoever you saith. In the King James, saith. <laughs> yes, I can have whatsoever I saith. I say, okay, saith when you want it, the date and the time. And let's seeth what happeneth. <laughs> then they'll start talking about, well, it's in the spirit realm. No, it's what saith you want it in the natural and see what happened. It doesn't work like that. He said, have faith in God. Now listen, if we're going to have faith in God, we're going to have to know who God is. It was Jesus Christ who asked the question, where can I find such faith in Israel? Are you one that when the Lord look at you, he can say, that's a person who has great faith. Great faith is demonstrated by exercising the faith that we have. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you again for listening to our broadcast today. We certainly hope that it's been a blessing and a benefit to you as you walk with the Lord. 
And if you're not walking with the Lord, here's a great opportunity to receive what Jesus Christ has already given us. And we receive it by faith, just inviting him to be the Lord of our life, to come in and take control of our life as we trust him for our life today and our life eternally. If you would like to hear today's message again, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message and any previous messages that have aired on this station. Let me share with you that the Light of the World Christian Fellowship is open every Sunday and having services in person. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at 16161 Old Humble Road in the North Houston Humble area. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a dynamic series right now, and it will surely be a blessing to you. You can listen to our online services each Sunday morning at 10. Go to lowcf.org, lowcf.org. The Beacon Bookstore is open on our campus for all of your books, Bibles, and church supplies. Call The Beacon, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.